back to uh, the pod de jour, especially to our loyal fans who've stuck through us through thick and thin. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Andrew. Greetings all, and uh, we're glad to be back after, I guess, a 90-day enforced vacation. It was mutual, I assure you. Um, we felt that now is the time to get back into the, into, the, into the swing of things, as it were, and just get back to what we do best. And you know us for one thing and one thing only, and that's writing and publishing and speaking and showing and through dramatic interpretations, reviewing absolutely everything under the sun. You know our motto, and Andrew delivers it with the best punch ever. Everything is up for review. Especially our performance. Actually, not so much our performance. No, no, that's not good. So today we're going to be reviewing uh, something that's been demanded of us by our fan base. They've said... Where is the review for tea? And not just any tea, but a special tea. A specific tea. A tea that takes us to the other side of the world. If we were to dig a hole through the centre of the earth to get there, we would probably die. But what we'd be trying to get to is a special place called London. And this is London Breakfast Tea from T2. Now, I want to say at this point, if not from T2, your results may vary from ours. But that's just a risk you're going to have to take in that case. Well, yes, it is true. The T2 uh, tea is a quality... Uh, product, and I would like to point out at this point uh, that we are not sponsored by, by T2. We would never um, sort of compromise our reviewing integrity here. But we are willing to listen to any offers that are may come across our desks. Uh, journalistic integrity is one thing, but money is another. Uh, today we are serving our T2 London breakfast tea in uh, only the highest quality of ceramics. It is a grade 7 ceramic here. Uh, it, it does come on recommendation from, uh, I believe, my next door neighbour who just decided uh, this was the best decision. I believe amongst the things he yelled at you, uh, one of the things he did say was you can't serve tea in less than a grade 7 ceramic. That's right. Uh, grade 6 would just compromise, once again, the results that you would... And by the same token, a grade 9 might raise it to an unrealistic expectation. Yes, true. I think if uh, we were using the grade 9 ceramic here, um, we probably would find that this tea turns into maybe like a $1,000 bottle of scotch. Or, in any way, a, a, a much, much grander tea than it may, may very well be. True, and given that we have a very smoky tea at our hands today, I wouldn't be half surprised if there is some sort of family connection in this tea-growing uh, family to the Arberg, very northern uh, Scottish distillery. Very much so, very much. Uh, they, their scotch is very much known for their smoky quality, and this is probably like a, a kind of cousin, if you will. A second cousin at the very least. A second cousin. So marriage there becomes legal and fine, uh, as opposed to that first cousin entanglements that you might find. Too much to go into at that point. And of course, this does come from the uh, finest China warehouses. It does say made in China on the bottom. And as we know, uh, the best ceramics do come from China. That indeed they do. Uh, or the local discount store, if that's all you can find. That's true. But again, true. you may not find a local, a, discount, a local store. discount store with grade 7 China in it. That's true. That's just, you're just going to have to find it. You're just going to have to take that risk. Now, uh, Andrew will be dealing with uh, the judging criteria today. As I pour our first cups here, uh, I'll allow him to introduce to you the way that we're going to be judging our tea today. So what we're going to be using is... The tome here, it features many, many ways to review a great many things, but... There we go. There it is. Um, so what we are using, though, of course, 
is the tenets of the Marquis of Pucklechurch. Now, this is a 15th century tea measuring scale. Now, I want to note that we are definitely not using the 17th century revisions. There's, there's just too much of a centrist agenda there. Way and it, too much. The centrist agenda that I find personally makes a mockery of tea itself. Yeah, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't allow us for the vibrancy uh, and the, the real connection at an earthly level to the tea. Precisely. As, that's exactly my feelings, as, as I've made them aware to you over many, many, many evenings. But... So we're going to list out now, as Thomas has poured the first cup, we are now going to begin, of course, with the first one here, which states the vision. Now, now the, the vision is obviously, uh, what do we see? But it's not so much what do we just see uh, in the brewing process. I mean, you would have just seen me pouring a cup, and I'm sure you've seen something like that uh, through our various previous adventures, me pouring things. However, what we have today is a, a specific criteria on looking at the tea. Looking at the tea with one eye, with two eyes, with our third eye, the tea eye, and making sure that we really can understand the tea on a visual level. Absolutely, there's no, nothing more that needs to be added in that moment. I think we begin, of course, with the vision as how you view it, just as it is in the, in, the, in the pot. In the pot. I think that's the best place to start with tea, now, looking of course, at it in the pot. Now, of course, we use a clear pot. Yes, we have used a, a clear glass uh, teapot. Again, not uh, not grade 7 ceramic. It is, however, uh, grade 2.5 glass. Uh, I, I believe, I believe um, O'Brien's has conducted some repair on this. It is a bit of an antique. We did call in O'Brien, but it's, it's good to go now. And after a good half an hour of explaining what we needed, we, we got exactly what we wanted, and we the, the pot has been restored to, I would say, almost showroom condition. Uh, I, I think it is showing in this room right now, so I think we could classify it as showroom I condition. I think quite so. Great. Um, so I, I think I'll throw it to you first. How do you view the vision, Thomas? Well, when I look at it in the pot, I see it as a very dark tea. Now, this might be because we uh, put the, the boiling water in uh, and then thought about our podcast for a good solid 30 minutes here and so consequently it could have brewed for uh, quite a little while longer than it needed to. Now we are professionals and as such pre-show is a prerequisite of oh, course absolutely. and that was what we were taught way back when um, but I view this tea and my first thought on it when I look at it is dusky but with a hint of regret. Uh, mm. it's, I think it's very I think it's very very tea-esque in appearance mm. and I think that can only bode well for once it's into the cup. That's true. There is a traditional tea colour in the pot. Uh, sort of the, the redness mixed with the darkness. It does remind me of the winter solstice. Uh, oh, very much. I get, I've get. i been getting that feeling myself. But yeah. I, I, to be put into words is, is exactly how it should be. Then once it's in the cup, because we have a white cup, it does tend to illuminate it as if there's a second source of light beyond the sun. There seems to be light rising from within the cup through the tea to give it sort of a caramel koala, caramello koala style feature. You could just describe it as a caramel colour, but it really reminded me of that caramello koala. And very much. Once I saw it in the cup, I mean, clearly the first thing I see from it is that it's clearly more refined. Mm. It's, it's more refined. It's definitely not for plebs. No, that's very true. And, and given um, that this is from T2, uh, it's definitely not for that sort of middle class buyer. It's, I don't. I think the second anything uh, outside of Australia comes into it, I think a lot of your lower class tea purchases, mm -hmm. they just tune out. Yeah, your Dilmars, your Twinings. 
your Liptons. Your Liptons, uh, your... Your Bushels. Mr. Tips. Your Bushels, I believe. Your land shoes, as it were. Yes. So, as we sort of look at it with our eyes, now let's look at it with our nose. And let's have a think about what it smells like. And we want to go into the second criteria, which is, Andrew? The scent. But it's not just the scent, is it? It's the... No, it is both the dry scent of the leaf itself and then the scent of it wet once it has been poured, once it's been brewed for that time. Now, uh, we store our tea here in high-quality glass mason jars with a metal fixture lid. It does have a green seal, not a green seal, sorry, an orange seal, uh, as opposed to that loose seal. Well, we understand, you know, your orange-green colour blindness has been a source in the past, but we can move ahead. To problems. We can move ahead from there. It is still a fine receptacle for holding tea. So as we open it, you'll, uh, well, you won't see, but you'll hear the, the hiss of the smell emanating out the very sound of the ages emanating the ages, from this right. tea. You can smell the history. It's as if we are in Puckle Church once more. Uh, I long to be back. The tea, there's, a, there's a solid good uh, at least half of the cube of tea left. Uh, the, the opening of the jar is large enough that uh, myself with my quite delicate smaller nose and Andrew's much larger nose is able to both fit in and get a really good smell of this tea. So, Andrew, would you like to start first? Indeed. Uh, as you stated, my nose is more finely attuned to yours, and I smelt at the moment you opened the jar, but to have the jar in my hands, it means that I can truly get the nose in there and get a sense of the bouquet. And, yes, very much. The first sense I get out of that is it's smoky, but without a sense of irony, and that's what I think I really enjoy that's, that's about good it. That's a good point. I, I hadn't quite picked up on that lacking irony before. Oh, I think as I now smell it, I... Yeah, definitely smoky. A burnt kind of smoke, not like a cigar smoke, but a real burnt tree smoke. A, a kind of smoke that would get Smokey the Bear quite worked up. Very much so, he would become concerned. Uh, I feel as though that this is so smoky, if I opened it near a restaurant, I'd be asked to move away from the entrance. In I think you wouldn't be allowed to open it in or outdoors. I think they would have a concern with there that. There would be a concern. And, uh, if I, the great irony, to re-infuse it with irony, would be to open it underneath a no-smoking sign. I feel as though uh, that would be very ironic. I think it would make a mockery of the laws. It would. And that's what we are definitely not about here. Definitely not. No more are we about mocking the laws. Never. Now... To, to bring that around again to the wet. Now, I have, I have the pot in front of me, and I'm to, about to open the lid, much like opening the Ark of the Covenant, as it were, to see what comes forth. Are you suggesting that, uh, once again, we get Nazis on this show? I, I told you that was a mistake. Right, okay. Now we can move forward from that. Everybody read my, my, my letter of apology, and we can move forward. And now, as we lift the lid... Okay, okay, that's, that's very interesting. That is very interesting. Uh, as I pass this along to my compadre there, the smell I got there was, again, smoky, yet also damp. Definitely, uh, it has a black tea smell. Quite, quite Definitely so. Black tea. It's this, the smell, because it has brewed for quite a while, the, the water, the boiling water, has really infused itself here. And so the smoke, I feel as though, is a little bit wispier than the dry tea. Almost wispy to the point like a comb over or a toupee being flipped about in the wind. I mean, precisely. I can understand, you know, those visions do come to mind once, once you it's that smell It's a natural reaction. It's a natural response. Uh, now that moves us, of course, to 
what some would say is the almost the key tenant from the Marquis of Puckle Church, which is, of yeah. course, the buoyancy. This is the one that does distinguish it, and the ones that the 17th century centrists, they really tried to eliminate it, but as we can see, this is the most important criteria. Oh, just calm yourself down. It's okay, it's okay. It's okay. We've, we've got the true tome here, we're using that. And now, if I was to judge the buoyancy for this, of course, you know, for those of you who don't know, and I know there's very few of you there, but the buoyancy, of course, refers to what may float within that tea. Within this, this beverage, what can truly get a hold there and, and float around on its own? Now, my, my opinion on this, looking at this, is quite clearly that several bobbins of cotton could easily subsist in a floating state. Now, I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners here going, who is still using a bobbin to measure buoyancy? But I think it's important to note that that's a, a clear disclaimer here in the fine print of the uh, Marquis of Puckle Church criteria. He util we Again, you must utilise 15th century items, and the bobbin was a key way of doing so. It was the recommended way. It was indeed. Now... For how long the bobbin could float, that is to be determined at a later date. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure have, uh, we have we've begun we've begun with a bobbin floating, and we will at a later date allow you to know exactly how long and how well that bobbin floats. So we've uh, started the stopwatch, and uh, I'm sure in a future episode you'll be on the edge of your seat as you find out whether the bobbin of cotton sank or floated, and for how long it sank or floated. Quite indeed. And now we come, of course, to the next. I would say second most important, which of course is, and the final tenant of the Marquis of Puckle Church, which is the taste. The taste is always good. And so now we're looking at the tea, but now with our mouth. The tongue is our eye. Now, shall I have a sip? And I, I recommend to all of you listening, if you're doing so, to do the same. Nice, nice. Ah! 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 The front of the ta taste buds, the back taste buds, the roof of the mouth, in between the teeth, really trying to filter that that stuff in <laughs> and out. Now, Andrew has made the fatal mistake here of actually trying to circulate that too far up his nose. Oh, it's he's a rookie mistake, and I apologise to you he's all. He's remembered the taste is 95.3% smell, uh, and he's trying to just get that a little bit too <clears> far. But he's back with us. He's I back. am back. I am, I am back, and I apologise heartily for that. That's a rookie error, and I should not have made it. So I think if I was going to take the lead here with the taste, it, it is smooth with a little bit of bitterness, uh, sort of like an agreeable ex-wife. Ex I... 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 I can't talk on that myself. Uh, I'm not allowed to, uh, as per the uh, the court case. But I view it as bold as a tea should be. Um, Definitely bold. Bitter, yet also not. That's true. There's, I think. It, I think. It, I think. It, I think it both. It's both bitter, and then it comes all the way back round to not so. Yeah, and it sort of fooled you there in that. Um you know, oh, I'm not a bit of tea. Oh, I am a bit of tea. Oh, but I'm not a bit of tea. And remembering this is London <laughs> breakfast. London breakfast tea. Let's remember that that is a quintessential British quality. Mm. Thinking they're bitter, but they're actually not. That's just the way they are. Precisely. Um, I think it's a true reflection of its... Origins. Of its origins, of its time. It is definitely... Of its place of purchase. That's I think true. it reflects well in all of those. I think there's a definite taste of resignation and a fondness for golden years of yore in there. I think that's... Very British. A very stiff upper lippedness yep. and uh, and yes, almost almost regretful 
but with a, with a hint of melancholy, but with looking up. Yeah, so looking forward, not back, not left, not right, not up, not down, just forwards. But constantly forwards. Constantly forwards. Uh, when we get to the sort of real deep earthy tones, there's definitely that smoky taste, that charred smoky taste, um, which seems to be a common thread when we looked at it. We couldn't quite see the smoke, but when we tasted it and smelled it, even when we listened to it, we could really detect that smoke. That's that common thread, I think, at this tea. The London breakfast tea, if you want to take one thing away from it, it's that it's super smoky. I think that is a, a truly fine way of looking at it. And that brings us, of course, in to our very important... And, of course, you all know the way every review must end for us, and that is with the verdict. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Of course, the sound will be put in later, but that's just a placeholder. I think it's pretty good. Um, so I pass along to my colleague. I think if I was going to make a, uh, a verdict on this, and, and I am going to make a verdict on this, uh, I would highly recommend this tea, especially if you're in the mood for imperial conquest or decolonization. Either of those two, uh, if that's your motivation for waking up in the morning, conquering and oppressing minorities, or giving them back what is rightfully theirs, this is the, the tea for you. I think that's a very, very bold statement and I think a very accurate one. Um, my verdict, of course, I think can be summed up very simply as delicious. Delicious is a great way of describing this tea. Uh, it is delicious. I think if we uh, go back to the, the origins of this word delicious, French word, uh, delicier, and as we know, that comes back to the, um, the, the, the meaning of shades of the deli. And that, that's definitely what I am reminded of here with my tea. Sitting out the front of a delicatessen, sipping on tea, waiting for my, my, my uh, smoked meats to be finally ready for me to take home. The delicacy. Indeed. Uh, I feel at this point we have truly given the breadth, the scope, the width, and the girth of this tea. Definitely. This is like a tailor-made review for a tailor-made tea for people like us. That can be bought at any tea 2 store. Absolutely. Bought at any tea 2 store. Uh, so I would like to close out uh, our first podcast here, though not our first venture. Of course not. Uh, Thank everybody for joining us here at the Pod de Jour. Um, I'd also especially like to uh, thank everyone for overlooking the unpleasantness of our previous connection with that unnamed media outlet, and thank our loyal fans who have uh, stuck to this and brought us back out of that sort of, let's call it a retirement. Indeed, and I would, as usual, good day. See you next time.